We're live. Good morning, everybody in the chat. Thank you for five by fives, Berkey Emmons and Nostradamus. Andrea Snow said good morning, y'all, from southern Oklahoma. Well, good morning from eastern Oklahoma, Andrea, where it's 24 degrees. The wind is whipping at 40 miles an hour, and uh, there's snow on the ground, so that's fun. And I know for some of y'all in the northern tier, which is where I grew up, the northern tier, that's nothing. But for Oklahoma, that's something. Today is the 12th of January, 2024. We're going to talk about supply chains today, the Yemeni Houthi rebels who are getting some. And uh, we're going to do the national intel assent in by y'all to the email address intel at bearindependent.com. Or you can click the contact us button at bearindependent.com. And if you do that, and I want your intel, I'm just asking you politely, please, gently, no talk to text. Oh my God, no talk to text, please. Use your thumbs, use a keyboard, have somebody transcribe it for you. Please no talk to text. All right, awesome. That's the show. Uh, as a brief note, before we start the brief, a metric butt ton of y'all have been on the notify me or the waiting list at refugemedical.com for red bear facts, which have been out of uh, stock. They are in stock this morning. They will go away again. How do I know this hat that I'm wearing sold out in two minutes at refugemedical.com. Some of y'all have been waiting weeks for red bear facts. So if you need a red bear fact, refugemedical.com, promo code is bear nation for free shipping. Okay. All right. Now let's do the news. Bear independent brief 12 Jan 24. This last Wednesday, the United Nations Security Council approved a resolution that demands an immediate cessation of the Red Sea attacks from the Yemeni Houthi rebels. Demands. The funny thing about demands is they don't mean shit unless you back them up with the potential for force. Hmm. Insert smiley face here. Naturally, the Houthis have dismissed this as a political game. Earlier that same day, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said, although he also, uh, there's still rumors swirling around that uh, he's dead in a bunker in Israel somewhere. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Earlier that same day, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that continued attacks would mean that, quote, there will be consequences, end quote. Until this point, oil and fuel tankers have mostly continued to keep a status quo, though many ships have been rerouted. The United Nations has said that the Houthi attacks amounted, now not to be confused with the blowfish attacks or the Houthi and the blowfish attacks, because let's be honest, until like a month ago, how many people had Yemeni Houthi rebels on their bingo card? Very few. Very few. United Nations has said that the Houthi attacks amounted to, quote, a severe disruption, end quote, of international shipping, though the most deeply feared supply chain did, supply chain disruptions did not come to pass, at least until now. Good morning, Badger. Good morning, Cindy P. Good morning, everybody in the chat. Colonel Lebowski is here. Shaloha. The CEO of the largest shipping company in the world, Maersk, has just warned the global growth may may face, quote, significant, end quote, consequences depending on how long it takes for safe passage to be reestablished in the Red Sea. Shipping costs and insurance premiums are spiking, doubling in many cases. 
S&P Global Market Intelligence published a report this week that described consequences of the ship diversion around the Horn of Africa as having, quote, a global contagion, end quote, impact on freight rate. And many of y'all will go, global contagion, Seabarrett's predictive programming. We know we've been talking about Pandemic 2.0 for two years, maybe even three years. So the hoodies have the cooties, Flint McRock said. Nice. Also, with a name like that, I feel like you would have been an extra on the show, The Flintstones. And my question is, do you actually power the car with your feet? Do you actually break the car with your feet? I need to know. Also, that gigantic uh, standing uh, rib roast, rack rib roast that Fred eats at the intro of The Flintstones, where do I get one of those? I want one of those. Also, allegedly... That was dinosaur meat, which makes me think about the fact that Tucker's talking about one of those moons at Saturn that has tons of oil and natural gas on it, but probably didn't have dinosaurs and vegetation on it, which then makes my ADHD prepper brain go to see the fossil fuel conspiracy here on this planet, the blue marble. It's not a marble. It's a pizza shaped disc. Whatever you're into, bro. Hashtag firmament. And uh, the idea that fossil fuels are non-replenishable, which then creates a supply and demand uh, curve that allows the people that produce the oil and gas to charge as much as they want for it, while simultaneously saying that this is going to destroy the planet, which then allows those energy companies to get as much money as possible from you, the taxpayer, to spin up non-renewable, air quote, green energies uh, in concordance with the report from Iron Mountain 1953 about how do we perpetuate a war economy in times that are not driven by war. And there's a little example of how Bear's brain works. Yeah. Yeah. I said the quiet part out loud. So anyway, give me dinosaur meat. Actually, I don't know. Did they chew the cut? (laughs) I don't think dinosaurs had hooves. They're lizards, right? Right. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. For those who are like really paying attention, you might notice that this is a different coffee cup than the one I was first drinking out of. And that is because my wife behind the scenes poured my coffee out of the other coffee cup into this one so that I would drink this one on camera as a subtle message to get you to go to bearindependent.com and buy one of these. Because that's how hardcore our marketing and branding is here at this channel. (laughs) (laughs) So... The CEO of Maersk, uh, I'm sorry, S&P Global Market Intelligence published a report this week that described consequences of global ship diversion around Africa as having a global contagion type impact on freight rates. So, good times. They had claws, Rocklick. Well, did they? I mean, do we know? Do we know? Or did some nerds with like uh, shovels dig something up and go, look at this pile of bones? I'm going to put it back together this way. And hey, look, it had claws. Also, I'm just throwing this out there. Let's just say they're giant lizards. You know, we and I had a professional brief totally put together for y'all. And at seven minutes and 20 seconds in, this shit derailed so hard. It's all right. You know, pivot stuff happens. Is it? You got to address something else. I got to give it to you. Um, Giant claws, giant dinosaurs. Okay. You're telling me there weren't giant sheep and cows, too? Like, I would totally eat one of them. What do you got? Can you please address the blue-collar president? What about the blue-collar president? People think that it's a separate channel stealing your content. No, the (laughs) blue-collar president is my alternate channel. 
it's it's part of the pace plan here at this channel primary alternate contingency emergency because you guys maybe haven't been paying attention but baron dependent already has two strikes and it's just a matter of time where youtube issues me a third strike and this channel will go away and when it goes away i maintain the blue collar president channel ja dudley is over there populating that channel with content to increase the watch hours so that i can be monetized on that channel not that i want the money from google but because demonetized or unmonetized content isn't touched by the algorithm that's why and so the blue collar president channel is me dudley is populating it with my content with my blessing at my direction and then alternate primary bear independent alternate blue collar president contingency patreon link in the description emergency rumble and newsletter so make sure you're at uh, bearindependent.com sign up for the newsletter because if slash when the big they make bear go away from the internet i'll send you an email or i'll put a post on patreon or i'll pop up on rumble or you'll see me on the blue collar president channel right we got plans man hey man hey man rule the seven p's proper previous planning prevents piss poor performance now back to the brief as tensions in the region continue to escalate, continue to tax are expected to worsen the supply chain situation. Yay, because it's super robust, by the way, leading to more delays in shipping. In turn, those delays would spike costs for consumers for everything from clothing to electronics as companies that get their supplies from Asia, as companies that get their supplies from Asia. Yeah, because there are other companies, by the way, just so everybody's tracking. But there they're more expensive. I know. And I'm aware that like a lot of us are living hand to mouth right now and that the economy is not great and that Biden's a piece of shit and that the World Economic Forum is posturing against the general populace of the planet Earth. I'm tracking on all that stuff. You also have the opportunity to vote with your dollar. You also, when you buy something made in America, aren't just supporting a company. You're supporting Americans who earn a living wage from that company while not arming the enemy and pouring money into the people who are going to probably try and attack us anywhere within the next 24 months and propping up the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and all of their friends and rebuilding American manufacturing infrastructure, which is going to be required going forward in order to maintain geopolitical strength for the United States of America. So you do a lot more than just like buy some stuff when you buy American. Instead of sending money out of the country and out of our economy, you're keeping money here as local as possible. And there's lots of companies out there that make stuff here. And I know they're expensive because I buy them. But when you do, if you're buying a good product made in America, typically, in my experience, it will last way longer than some Chinese shit that was made somewhere else. And so buy once, cry once, buy American, baby. So... Companies that get their supplies from Asia will have to pay more and wait longer for their inventory. Patrick Penfield, Syracuse University professor, told Newsweek that the supply chain issues, quote, won't be as bad as what we saw with COVID. That being said, you know, if the hostilities get worse and we see an actual war breakout, then all bets are off and that will cause issues with freight prices. Oh, we'll talk about actual war in a minute, end quote. As mentioned before, an escalation in conflict would also impact oil and gas prices. 
And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'm not an apologist. I'm not trying to talk you into preparedness. My One of my foundational assumptions is while you're here watching this channel, you already think at a minimum preparedness is a good idea. Hopefully you're doing something about that good idea. And hopefully, because your vibe attracts your tribe, you're, you're skewed more in the direction that I am, or you would like to be more skewed in the direction that I am, where preparedness has become a lifestyle for you, not out of fear, in the preservation of life, because you have people that you need to take care of, and you don't want bad stuff to happen to them, even as bad stuff happens all around you. Speaking of people to take care of, one of them just moseyed in here. Good morning. Hey, I told you I was going to get a haircut. Look, I got a haircut. All right. It's important to note that other cru other crucial... It's important to note that another crucial choke point for shipping is going through simultaneous challenges of a very different sort. The Panama Canal is experiencing reduced water volume to a degree that is restricting the volume of flow through the crucial trade route. The drone brought on by El Nino... I'm sorry, the drought brought on by El Nino is to blame. Meanwhile, a report with the Defense Department was released on Thursday, which reported that government officials from both the U.S. and European countries poorly tracked the military aid sent to Ukraine. Let me repeat that again. Meanwhile, a report from the Defense Department was released on Thursday, that was yesterday, which reported that government officials from both the United States and European countries, quote, poorly tracked, end quote, the military aid sent to Ukraine. Surprise, surprise. Yes, over $1 billion in aid equipment has been sent along a questionable trajectory, and there are concerns that the weapons may have been stolen. Now, these are not M4s, these weapons that may have been stolen. The delinquent weapons amount to $1 billion out of approximately $1.5 billion in value. There's not much hope of sorting the mess out at this point either. According to the report, tracking shipments to Ukraine will be challenging and, quote, accuracy and completeness will likely only become more difficult over time, end quote. The Undersecretary of Defense for Policy, Sasha Baker, made the argument that the accounting procedures were, quote, not practical in a dynamic and hostile wartime environment, end quote. Now, to a degree, Sasha Baker is correct. We're not inventorying the ammunition in a firefight. Like that's, there's a time for bean counters, and it's not when the triggers are being pressed. Now, when the triggers aren't being pressed, having bean counters is important because, from a log train standpoint, we need to know what we have to work with. Uh, they don't know what they have to work with. We know what we sent. We know what we authorized to be paid. We know allegedly what they received, and at that point forward, we have no idea. We we just don't know. We just don't know. All right, that's the written brief. I want to look at a few articles real quick, and then we're going to bounce into national intel again. Liberty, 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 liberty. Shalom. Um, and then we're going to look at the national intel. And again, your email address to provide intel to the Bear Nation is intel at bearindependent.com, or hit the contact us button at uh bearindependent.com and if yeah you... i don't have a newsletter sign up there so well, i gotta do that after fix it i will fix it lady we used to we used to back when it was a thing back when it was a when thing it became not a thing 
the newsletter went away. But how are we supposed to capture everybody's emails so that we can aggressively email market to them 14 times a day so that we can make 10 cents off you don't of them do that and have a catastrophic loss of rapport? You don't do that anyway. And so over-monetize our I, audience. I told people, give me until after the brief and I'll get a newsletter signed back up. Okay. So just simmer. All right. Simmer down. Well, in the meantime, we'll have to figure out better ways to to vehemently extract capital from these nice people. Because that's the whole point of this channel, right? It's just like just show for stuff. I'm pretty sure that's the that's the prepper content creator model is you just find some like Chinesium shit that's going to pay you a 10% affiliate. And then you just shill the shit out of that to uh, aggressively extract capital from the people that you've spent a whole you know, however long your YouTube career has been creating rapport with. Aggressively. Aggressively. Just aggressively. Just give me all your money. All of it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I think I know a company, uh, says Jessica Bo Jessica Bennett. All right. A couple things I want to look to. Uh, all of these articles are from RT Russia Today. Uh, we all understand the bias of Russia Today. The first thing I would tell you, or if you don't, you haven't been paying attention to the brief very long, that's okay. Uh, resolve to do better. Um, RT does this thing whenever uh, a conflict begins to break out. They did it with the Ukraine war. They did it with uh, the Israel-Hamas war. They're doing it now with uh, the U.S. and U.K. strikes on Houthi rebels. Uh, where they do live updates it's almost as if they're like live tweeting the news as it comes out and so they have a, a, a one article at their website that's constantly being updated with the relevant news to that topic and it's a good source of information as long as you understand their biases rt is russian propaganda that's paid for by the russian state government and so it's always skewed favorably towards the russians Okay, that's fine. Everybody has a bias. As long as you know what the bias is, good to go. You know, like first rule of intel, consider the source. Is it a credible source? What are the biases? What are their motivations? So once you, you work through that, you can look at the data. Tracking? Tracking, bear. All right, cool. So from RT.com, live updates. U.S. and U.K. strikes on the Houthis in Yemen. Blasts have occurred in Sana'a, Hodidah. And other cities, the Iran-backed Shia group has said. The U.S. and U.K. began carrying out airstrikes on the Houthi militias in Yemen in the early hours of Friday in response to the group targeting shipping routes in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. Washington and London launched their attacks without authorization from the U.N. Security Council. U.S. President Joe Biden. Also, who cares about the United Nations at this point? Uh, I'm just being completely frank, like nobody, like no other country or just a handful of countries actually puts 2% of GDP into military spending per the UN, right? The United States does. And so it seems to me like we have this little conglomerate of people who want to have a seat at the table and tell the United States what they can or can't do, but they don't do any of the things that are required in order for them to participate in the group to have a seat in the table in the first place. Yeah. And if we're being frank, you know, League of Nations into the United Nations, so forth and so on. The United Nations is a tool on behalf of the Americans to make countries around the world feel as if they have a say at the table. And, and what about the UN Security Council? We've got China, we've got Russia. Well, yeah, why do you think we didn't go to the Security Council and have the Security Council 
grant us approval to do what we did because China and Russia would say, no, nah, we're good. Why? Because we're currently engaged in asymmetric warfare with China and Russia, which gets into the whole U.S. Uh, hegemony versus BRICS thing. Different conversation. Washington and London launched their attacks without authorization from the United Nations Security Council. U.S. President Joe Biden is also facing accusations from American lawmakers that he violated the Constitution as he didn't ask for permission from Congress for the military operation. Um, September 11th, 2001, since then, that point going forward, there hasn't been a whole lot of seeking Congress's approval to go uh, engage in military operations, even though technically that's supposed to happen. And technically, I would support that. The reason they didn't ask, I don't think they could get a quorum of people together to agree at this point that we should go do this, especially in light of what's happening with the pushback from the far left base regarding uh, the United States support for Israel rather than for Palestine slash Hamas. And Palestine and Hamas are not the same same thing. Uh, they are two separate groups. But Hamas is like all Palestinians but uh, or can composed of Palestinians, but all Palestinians are not Hamas, which is the nuanced conversation that a lot of people are trying to have regarding the air quote genocide on behalf of Israel in Gaza without recognizing that there's been an air quote genocide in Gaza for decades because of the leader air quote leadership of Hamas in that region in the first place. It's messy. The whole world's messy, which is why you should focus on the things that you can do in the areas where you operate. And all this information is everything we're going to talk about today. These are tertiary data points out there in the world that to a certain extent should should inform how you go about your day. But they're far less important than is there snow on the ground? Is it safe to drive today? Is somebody you love sick and you need to take care of them or pray for them? Do You have bills that need to get paid and therefore you need to get on the grind. Are you raising your children up in the way that they should go so they do not depart from it when they're older? If the power goes out due to a winter storm, do you have food, water, shelter covered? Can you heat your space? Do you have adequate clothing? That's all stuff that you can do here and now, and you should be taking steps to do. Everything else, these are just data points out here. Big picture, global, strategic data points. Not tactical, what do I need to do today, data points. And that's why people hyperfixate on things like hypersonic missiles, nuclear weapons, electromagnetic pulses, Carrington events because those are big picture strategic things that directly affect your day-to-day -day tactical immediately. And that's why people hyperventilate over them. Rather than having a damn plan to be prepared if slash when something like that was to happen. Pretty good diatribe? What do you guys think? Pretty good diatribe? Yeah, you know what I mean. 23 minutes in. Pick up the pace, Bear. Roger. Pacing. Spy baroons. What's up, Badger? Uh, let's see. The Houthis, who have pledged support... Uh, pledged to support Gaza amid fighting between Israel and Palestine. Militant groups have launched multiple drones and missiles targeting merchant vessels, as well as warships patrolling the vital waterway since mid-October. The Houthis yeah. are a Shia Islamist militia that rose to power following a wave of protests known as the Arab Spring, which swept the Middle East in the early 2010s. One of the poorest countries in the region, Yemen has been plagued by an intermittent civil war for nearly a decade. It was further devastated by a Saudi-led intervention, which began in 2015 with the aim of expelling the Houthis. 12 January 24, 1319, Gretchen Mean Time, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin 
ordered and oversaw the overnight strikes on dozens of Houthi-related targets in Yemen from a hospital bed, quote, with a full suite of secure communications, end quote. The Communist News Network has reported, citing an anonymous senior Pentagon official. The American defense chief was hospitalized on 1 January for complications after prostate cancer surgery, keeping President Joe Biden and Congress in the dark about his condition for days. Just prior to that, uh, let's see, 26 minutes prior to that, President uh, Turkish President Erdogan accused the U.S. and the U.K. of trying to turn the Red Sea into a sea of blood with their disproportionate strikes on Yemen. Well, listen, nobody cares. Um, you F.A. long enough, you're going to F.O. And maybe we've entered the F.O. stage. The Houthi fighters are mounting a, quote, successful defense and response, end quote, against those attacks, Erdogan also said. The Houthis earlier announced that five people were killed and six others wounded in an aerial assault by two Western nations. Despite the losses, they vowed to continue targeting commercial vessels off of Yemen's coast, which they've been doing for more than two months now in response to the Israeli military operation in Gaza. And these the live tweets of this situation goes on and on and on at uh, RT.com. The key takeaway here, potential for escalation. We were just talking about on Wednesday in some of my uh, predictions, if you will, things to keep an eye on for 2024, potential war with Iran. And we know Iran supports the Houthis and Hezbollah and Hamas. And we know that we have war fighters and capabilities in the region. And there's only so much FAing you can do before you're going to FO. And we may be in the FO stage. How's that likely to affect you directly? Well, we just talked about global shipping costs. Talk about fuel costs, um, production from that region, just like we saw wheat fall offline in Ukraine. Yeah. So anything, any products that come out of that region could be uh, slowed or halted completely, which goes back to how deep are your pantry shelves? And that's a rhetorical question. Do you have what you need? Because at some point, if you take this on a long enough timeline, guys, at some point, the ability to go to the store goes away. Now, I don't know when it goes away. I don't know if definitively it will go away, but it's entirely possible that it does go away. Teenage boys. It's entirely possible that the store does go away. And then what do you do? Now, you have to balance this with the two plans, right? Pastor Joe of Viking Preparedness talks about this regularly. You need two plans. One is tomorrow you're going to wake up and everything's going to be normal and you need to execute on your life tactically and strategically. What do I have to do today and what do I want to have accomplished 50 years from now? Normalcy. The other plan is perpetuating normalcy in times of uncertainty and or chaos. That's where preparedness comes in. And preparedness is mitigating risk through forethought and preparation to perpetuate normalcy for the people that you love. That's what preparedness is. It's a physical insurance policy, skill set, tool set, mindset. What can I do? What do I have? What do I know? That's what preparedness is. And so you need two plans. And on that second plan, that preparedness plan, when the store goes away, 
and you can't buy more diesel fuel. You can't buy more cheap shit from China that came off a container, uh, you know, at a shipping port. You can't buy more food. The power goes out. The water goes out. What are you actually going to do? Not what you think you're going to do. What are you actually going to do? And that should be, honestly, says the guy on the Prepper channel on YouTube, 10% of your time. 90% of your time should be, what inheritance am I leaving to my children? How am I walking with the father? Am I covered by the blood of the son? Am I doing righteousness? Are my bills paid? Is there a roof over our head? Is there food to eat? What moves, literal and figurative, do I need to make? That should be 90% of your focus. 10% is what happens when the EMP goes off. I see a lot of people get prepped burnout if you've been in this game a while because you're blowing out your thyroid and your hypothalamus because you're freaked out all the time and you're constantly inducing the fight or flight response. Your autonomic nervous system is just spent because there's no joy, because you're operating out of fear. You're so afraid of what could happen that there's no purpose to preparing anymore. 90% day-to-day ops. What do I got to do? In the near term and the long term, 10%. What happens if Russia nukes the United States? Well, that's an interesting question. Okay. Okay. Continuing. Talked about the Houthi rebels. Uh, let's talk about Ukraine just a little bit. The U.S. confirms Ukraine military supplies have stopped. The White House has reiterated its call for Congress to approve additional funds for Kiev. The flow of U.S. military aid to Kiev has now stopped while House National Security Spokesperson John Kirby said on Thursday his remarks came amid a de debate in Congress on whether to continue support for Ukraine and its conflict with Russia. Quote, we have issued the last drawdown package that we had funding to support, and that's why it's critical that Congress move on that national security supplemental request, end quote, Kirby told reporters at a press briefing, admitting that, quote, assistance that the U.S. had provided has now ground to a halt, end quote. That last aid package was worth $250 million of your taxpayer dollars and was authorized by President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. asterisk in late December through the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which allows for urgent deliveries of weapons to allies without congressional approval. Biden has been asking Congress to vote for a $100 billion supplemental budget request he has tabled, of which more than $60 billion is slated for Ukraine. While millions of people come across our southern border every month. While United States veterans sleep homeless. While police officers in my county start at $12 an hour. While your children get subpar indoctrination masquerading as schooling inside of the brick building in town. While your gas and your groceries continue to go up. We'll send a hundred billion taxpayer dollars over to Ukraine. I wonder how Bear feels about that. That's how I feel about that. Biden has been asking Congress to vote for a 100 billion supplemental budget request. He has tabled of which more than 60 billion is slated for Ukraine. Republicans have blocked the measure, demanding that the White House and congressional Democrats agree to their plan of tightening security at the border with Mexico. The director of the Office of Management and Budget, Shalonda Young, told the press in January that the drawdown authority is, quote, not going to get big tranches of equipment into Ukraine, describing the situation as dire. 
Earlier in the month, Pentagon spokesperson Major General Patrick Ryder warned that the Army was running out of options to replenish those stocks. While Biden has publicly pledged to back Kyiv for as long as it takes, some Republicans in the media have been questioning Washington's existing strategy given that Ukraine's much-hyped counteroffensive has ended without significant territorial gains. Valery Zaluzhny, Ukraine's top general, admitted last year that the conflict was at a stalemate. EU officials are also increasingly acknowledging that deliveries of weapons to Ukraine have been delayed due to production and logistical issues. Logistics wins wars. Quote, Europe doesn't know how to fight wars. And quote, Ukrainian Foreign Minister, Minister Dmitry Kuleba said in a recent interview, quote, unfortunately, our friends spent too much time deliberating on how and when to ramp up their production of weapons and ammunition. End quote. So Ukraine's running dry and money to replenish isn't there, is not supported. And even if it was, according to the United States Army, we're running out of things to send them. That's fun. So likely uh, Russia ends up, air quote, winning this war. It is 100% a war of attrition at this point because it's ground to a stalemate. And Russia ends up with the territorial gains that it wanted in the first place. And the United States and the free Western world gets egg on its face. That's a win for Russia, if you ask me. Last article before we jump into the uh, Bear Nation national news. Pentagon report finds failure to track $1 billion in weaponry for Ukraine. Nearly 40,000 pieces of highly sensitive military equipment were not adequately inventorized. That's an interesting word. I would have used the word inventoried, but were not adequately inventorized, a new report has concluded. More than $1 billion worth of sophisticated weaponry sent to Ukraine by the U.S. was poorly tracked, according to a new report by the Pentagon's Inspector General. The redacted version of the Inquirer's findings was made public on Thursday, one day after it was submitted to the U.S. Congress. The investigation focuses on the implementation of enhanced end-use monitoring procedures by the Pentagon. These procedures apply to a limited range of highly sensitive and sophisticated equipment and weaponry, including shoulder-mounted missile systems, man pads, kamikaze drones, night vision devices, and other hardware. Nods. Global Nods market right now. I know uh, a fair bit of people in the global Nods market, and the components to build Nods have dried up as of about 60 days ago. Um, So if you don't have Nods, and you need Nods, and you can afford Nods, I don't mean like there's still room left on my Amex. I mean, you have the money and there's nothing else. Like you have your year minimum years worth of food and your bills are paid and your emergency fund is funded and your vehicles are in good repair and you have a water system and backup generation and you're already training and you just happen to have a spare 10 grand-ish, then yeah, consider nuts. Okay. Let's see. According to the report, the U.S. and its rat and its partner nations have supplied Ukraine with an estimated $1.699 billion worth of EEUM or end-use monitoring, enhanced end-use monitoring, designated hardware. However, despite efforts by the Pentagon and the Ukrainian military to conduct required inventories of the equipment, significant personnel limitations and accountability challenges persist. 
As of 2 June 23, approximately 59% of the total value, just over $1 billion, remained improperly tracked. Lack of proper accountability, quote, may increase the risk of theft and diversion. And that's why I really care about this article, is diversion. Because if we scroll down a little bit, for instance, sophisticated weaponry supplied to the country, such as U.S.-made switchblade kamikaze drones or NLAW shoulder-fired anti-tank missile launchers, have been reportedly readily available for purchase on the dark net. Weaponry destined for Ukraine has also reportedly surfaced during conflicts around the globe, including the ongoing escalation in the Middle East between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Does anybody remember the footage of Hamas fighters on October 7th, 2023? And what weaponry... They were carrying U.S. made Colt M4s. Where did those come from? Just curious. Are nods cheaper on the black market? You know, Rock, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't purchase anything on the black market. And the work that we do on the dark web is for targeting pedophiles. I've never tried to buy nods on the black market. Because I, I have homies in the nods game, and so I just go to my homies in the nods game. Um, yeah, I don't, to be clear, I don't recommend anybody buy anything on the black market. There's just, there's no point. <laughs> there's, there's no point in having to deal with that knock on your door. Um, Afghanistan, says Adnan Tabakovic. Yes, precisely, Afghanistan. All of this weaponry, all this equipment we've left behind that your taxpayer dollars paid for is now in the hands of bad guys. That's fun. You know, they're ITAR. They're worried about the bad guys getting nods. What did we leave behind? MRAPs, Humvees, Apaches, ground-based missile systems, so, you know, hundreds of thousands of small arms, billions of rounds of ammunition, uh, and then we know, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, a significant amount of the aid, money, and material that's been supplied to Ukraine never found its way to the front. Never. They estimated up to 70% of the funds that have been sent to Ukraine never actually made it to the front. 70%? I mean, talk about grift, dude. Question, why did it get left? Exactly, Mark R., because why was the Obama administration flying pallets of cash into Iran? Hmm. And I, I have intel from conversations that I've, I've had with people that I can't share with you. But suffice it to say that it was predicted before the last election that if certain things didn't go certain ways, we would see a resurgence of Middle Eastern violence. And that was part of the plan. Part of the plan. And you're probably thinking, yeah, part of Obama's plan, part of Biden's plan. No, not according to the people that I talk to. Part of the other guy's plan. Yeah. Can I confirm didn't see it with my own eyes or hear it with my own ears, but I trust the people who passed me that and passed me that information. Okay. 
Now, Baron Dependent bonus intelligence, uh, intel at baronindependent.com. That's where y'all email us. These things from around the country and sometimes the world. These are all quotes. I'm not going to say quote over and over and over again. I'm just going to read these to you. Uh, and I have not uh, pre-screened these things. And so I will give you my take on these in real time as we read them. Ote? Ote, bear. <laughs> the eastern half of Iowa has been in a serious drought since the spring of 2023. We tend to stop looking at the drought monitor after harvest because the most direct and visual effects of a drought are on the crops. If you have a water well, the most disastrous effects of drought come in the winter when the ground freezes and the groundwater is no longer percolating. We lost water pressure in mid-December. Due to the Christmas holiday and the sudden prevalence of dried up wells in our AO, we were drinking bottled water from the basement for about two and a half weeks before I could get my well guy to come out and lower my pump. This is a submersible pump 85 foot down. Water storage. You many Houthi, Houthi rebels? Interesting. Ukraine war? Interesting. Actually important? Do you have water? On an average year, my property has a four foot... My, my property has water at four foot, six foot during a dry spell. There is now no water at 85 foot down. We were able to drop the pump five foot to hopefully get through the winter. If not, a new well was estimated to be no less than $20,000. Well waters, wells water is taken for granted in my area until we are reminded every 100 years that the groundwater isn't a sure thing. If you are running on well water, make a backup plan for when your well is no longer functional and learn about the system and how to maintain it. We have a well expert that I trust and keep spare parts for all of my above ground components. As mentioned earlier, I also keep cases of water stacked to the floor joists and barrels of water for flushing toilets. A dry toilet can be hazardous to health. Okay, gotta go cut some big pieces of beef into smaller ones. Hashtag butchering season. Water. Super important. We have three wells. We have rainwater catchment systems. We have an above ground swimming pool that I green lighted when my wife said she wanted one for two reasons. The first is, let's be honest, excuse for my wife to be in a bikini. Check. Like it. <laughs> Second reason, holds 8,400 gallons of water. Check. Like it. We have three creeks. We have a pond. We have two artesian springs. All on property. And we buy bottled water by the pallet. And I know microplastics, they seep into your bloodstream and they kill you. Mucho bado. I'm, I'm super aware. Super aware. We have Berkey filters. We have water bobs for the tub. We have hoses run everywhere. Because water, bro. Because water. That's how seriously we take it. I have 11 separate sources of water on property 11 yes greg saltwater pool 11 11 separate sources of water on property you should have water on your property next cedar edge colorado nearest airport is gjt 50 ground miles away we just had the largest loudest lowest fastest fighter jets two to three of them Rumble past us from a west-southwest direction. They rumbled the solid oak doors. We were at 6,000-foot elevation and the Grand Mesa elevation peak they avoided was over 11,000 feet. 
The whole town is chatting about this on Facebook. I understand this is a military flight path for emergency use only. Okay, data point. Next, this is not necessarily intel, but showcases the importance of knowledge and the bare fact. I don't plan these and I don't seed these. These are sent in from you. When I was 12 to 13, my niece and sister were jumping on the bed in their room and the niece ended up flying off the bed and trying to catch herself, went through the window, severely cutting her wrist. We didn't have cell phones or even a house phone because we didn't have money at the time to afford it. I panicked being young and started screaming for my grandmother. She's a World War II vet. Without her knowing what to do, my niece would have died. We didn't have much medical equipment, but my grandmother used a shirt and a stick to create a homemade tourniquet. Good job. Stopping or slowing the blood enough for me to run to a neighbor's house and call 911. The value of the bear fact in that situation would have been immense. Thank you guys for all you do. Praise God. I'm glad your niece is okay. Also, I'm not kidding when I tell you that's first aid kit on planet earth and uh that's not just me saying that everybody who has to carry an ifac for their job either already has one of these and now on like a global scale praise y'all or when they become aware of these i am constantly told by the men and women of the armed forces this is way better than what i was issued to which i respond yeah that's why i made it it works 113 people are still alive because of this company refugemedical.com for the preservation of life and everybody likes to hyper focus on well i've got guns maybe i should have a first aid kit for my plate carrier my chest or yeah but if you have blood in your body and you're jumping on the bed and you fly through a window you're gonna need a trauma blowout kit if you get into a motor vehicle accident gonna need a trauma blowout kit i, I hope at this point you guys understand like it's not just, I have guns, therefore I need a first aid kit. It's, I have blood in my body and I need to keep it there or I will die. Therefore, you need a trauma first aid kit. Next, Shalom Bear Nation. I live in Northwestern Ohio with my family that will be four strong in June. My brother has a very close friend whose dream it is to join the military and serve indefinitely. He became an army ranger and was posted in Alaska until about three months ago. Until then, he was in love with his career. Now he is posted in California, about two hours north of Los Angeles. He's currently working in a recruitment office where the CEO is a flamboyant gay man. His job right now is to travel to LA to test and recruit men. Currently to join, you need to pass the ASVAB, Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery, with a score of 31 or higher. 31? I got a, where did I get it? Whatever it was, it was the highest score in the county at the time. I want to say it was a 98.4 on the ASVAB, a 31. You need to pass the ASVAB with a score of 31 or higher and also pass the physical test. True. When my brother's close friend tested, he scored a 98. That's a great score. The people he tests typically score around a nine. He then has to help these people and inform them of a place where they can be further educated, like a community college class or something similar. If you don't know what the ASVAB is, you should look it up. When I took it, I think it was 334 questions. It's a timed test of about four hours. 
and some of the question blocks are designed that you're not supposed to be able to answer all of them to test your EQ uh, or your, I'm sorry, your IQ intelligence quotient. Um, for example, the math portion, I think, was 70 questions and they gave you um, three minutes to do it. What they didn't know was they had a bionic scientific calculator sitting in front of them. So I finished all 70 math questions with time to spare in three minutes. So there's a math portion. And when I took it, like one of the questions I remember was, what's the difference between a camshaft and a crankshaft? Things like that, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a broad spectrum of questions to test your aptitude, armed services, vocational, what job can you do, aptitude, what are you skilled at, battery series of questions. Um, to see where your strengths and weaknesses are, to uh, assign you an appropriate MOS or military occupational specialty so that you'll do the most good for the cause. And you need a 31 to pass, an average of 31 out of, you take the number 100, you divide it by 334, which is going to give you a point scale of roughly 0.3 per question, which means you need to get approximately 103 103 of the 334 questions right in order to pass. These people are currently getting a nine. That means they're getting 27 out of 334 questions correct. Bro. The one and only Nicole, 99 ASVAB. You smart, girl. So that's abysmal. 27 out of 334 questions correct. Do, do, do. He then has to help these people and inform them of a place where they can be further educated, like a community college class or something similar. He also consistently gets people that are around 300 pounds. So he has to let them know that they could not pass the physical test and gives them knowledge of how to get in better physical condition. I had to get a waiver because I'm six foot tall. And at the time I was 265 pounds, but I was 265 pounds solid because I had been cutting timber professionally since I was 15 years old. So, um, and for all those who were like, wait a minute, Bear, I thought you weren't in the service. I wasn't. I was medically disqualified because I'd broken my sternum. And then 9-11 happened and they changed the regs and they're like, anybody with a pulse is now allowed to join. But um, anyway, so I, I jumped through all these hoops. So I have a little bit of familiarity with them. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, six foot tall, 265 pounds, which according to, you know, the standard BMI scale, you're obese. I was not obese. I was freaking yoked. So um, Staff Sergeant Davalos, wherever you are, bro, I hope you trip and stub your toe. I hated that guy. <laughs> Absolutely hated that guy. Shall we continue? He has been hoping and praying to be deployed so he can get out of the recruitment office. Needless to say, this friend of ours has two years before his contract is up and he's leaving the Army. My brother-in-law also just joined and he's a private in the Army Reserve. He's 18 and joined right out of high school. I've talked to him about his new career and he enjoys it and has made some good friends. The problem is why most people are joining. My brother-in-law has felt uncomfortable using his military discount ever since he joined because of the multitude of people who joined just to get the benefits. He personally knows a lot of guys that joined for those benefits, which is why he's uncomfortable using his discounts and such. The reality of where the United States military is heading is scary and all the more reason to stop LARPing around and train. And of course, stack food to the rafters and make your AO a non-permissive environment. 
Thank you for everything you do, Bear, and thanks for everyone in the Bear Nation. Shalom. Next, I do engineering for a national communications company. I was that all capital improvement projects they were on. I was told that all capital improvement projects were on hold until further notice. That is a $20 million plus budget. Reduced fiscal performance in 2023 is likely causing them to take a more serious, more cautious approach to 2024. This sort of move is very concerning as it wasn't a reduction, but a complete hold. Next, I'm not sure if this is very important, but a couple months ago, ago I sold fat steers for $2,900, the most ever for me. I then went to a local livestock sale a few times looking for started calves. I was surprised to see two-day-old Holstein bull calves going for $400 and Angus and Angus Cross baby bull calves bringing between $600 and $700 by the calf buyers. I'm not sure how far they are hauled before being delivered. Also, just before the holiday season, I saw two Middle Eastern men standing in the parking lot acting confused. People of this nationality are, are unusual in my part of Wisconsin, so I paid attention. During a break between cattle and goats and sheep, the auctioneer approached the men to answer questions. One man dressed in all black and a long curly black hair translated to the men in a very nice light tan jacket. It sounded like they were getting prices on upcoming livestock and seemed shocked. I had to leave, so I am not sure if they bought anything, but I am sure they didn't drive in with a pickup truck and trailer. They could have just been looking to make a purchase for a holiday roast, but I will monitor the situation. Yeah, livestock prices be up, yo. Part of why long term. And if you're not there yet, but you want to be, that's okay. If you're not there yet and you don't want to be, that's okay too. But I disagree with your course of action. Long term, praise Yah. I have been preparing for nigh on 20 years. I've been preparing with my wife for 10 years. And in that 10 years, we murdered our debt and stacked cash for three years where I took every extra job I could get and we bought nothing extraneous for three years so that we would have a war chest to work with. And then we came out of her, my people, we strategically relocated from North Dallas to Eastern Oklahoma in the woods. And then we sunk tons of time and money and resources into this place to be able to produce food here and now our food makes food it's beautiful if you have a critical mass of sheep more sheep will just fall out of the back of the sheep that you already have faster than you can eat them and butcher them ask me how i know we've given away what seven eight hebrew starter packs yeah something like that Hebrew starter pack is a ram and two to four ewes. And nowadays when we do that, we give extra rams away as well so that they can butcher one immediately because we're just out of space. The freezers are full. Praise Yah. We're out of room. Same thing with the cattle. I went in halvesies with a brother to move our cattle over to his place because they just keep proliferating and there's they need more grass than I have. So like, hey, you have grass, I have cattle. Let's partner up. He's like, deal. Sounds good. Um, one of our turkeys just hatched out seven chicken eggs because turkeys are stupid. A turkey I've been missing for three months. Yeah, apparently. this this turkey went dark 
uh, <laughs> for three months, found a clutch of eggs, sat on it, and yesterday was walking around with seven little baby chicks as if they were her babies. So at some point, you reach a critical mass where your food makes more food without you having to intervene. And so I am far less affected by the prices at the grocery store than anybody else is. Now, we put in a ton of work to get here, but I'm far less affected by what happens at the grocery store. Also, I will not eat the bugs. You can't make me eat the bugs. I eat the chickens that eat the bugs. Simple as that. Oh, did you? Tyson's putting ground mealworms in their chicken. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah, you can eat crickets. That's correct. They're actually not. I've done a lot of research. On okay. That, so. Well, we can jump into that rabbit hole another time. Yeah. But who cares? Okay. Highly processed seed oils. But okay, cool. Don't eat that. But see, the thing is, if you don't have any options, you have to eat that. You can only eat what you can get. Well, if what you can get is in your front yard, your backyard, your side yard, your neighbor's yard, their neighbor's yard, their neighbor's yard, and you're all friends and you all do life together. Now you start to have a, a robust internal economy. I've got two pounds of beef bacon in my fridge that a brother made. Awesome. Awesome. So hopefully your long-term goal is to set yourself up in such a way where you're in a low population density area where you can go from net consumer to net producer of calories and resources. And if you push that flywheel hard enough and impart enough momentum to that course of action, once it's spun up, it takes a lot less effort to keep it spun up. And praise y'all, we are at the point now, the fences are built, the water lines are run, the animals have been bred. It's not autopilot because it still requires some time every day, but uh, just a little bit of time every day. Less than it takes to run to town to do a Walmart pickup. It takes less time than that to maintain the agriculture every day. <sighs> Next, I run fuel in northwestern Georgia. I specialize in diesel fuel for job sites and heavy equipment. I'm going to say this again. If you live rurally and you're concerned about what happens when the lights go out, call the local fuel dealer. Get a tank delivered. Have them fill the tank. Our tank rental on a thousand gallon tank costs $8 a month. Eight. And then you get bulk pricing on fuel as well. And then it's not like, oh no, there's a blizzard coming. We're low on fuel. Well, the thousand gallon tank is 80% full. I think we'll make it through the blizzard. Now, in other areas of the world, like people who heat with fuel oil are familiar with this concept. There's the fuel oil guy and you have a fuel oil tank and it's piped into the furnace. And when the fuel oil gets low, the truck comes up and it uh, fills up your fuel oil tank and you have more fuel oil. Well, you can do that with diesel fuel. You can do that with kerosene. You can do that with gasoline. You can like pick a, pick a fuel. So if you live another... It, advantage to living in a low population density area there's agriculture there that's a clue if other people around you are growing food even if it's commercial monocropping that's a clue 
that's probably a better place to live than the suburbs of the city when it comes to being a net producer of calories. And when you live in an area where other people produce food, they have fuel trucks. So you call the fuel truck guy, you get a tank dropped, you fill the tank, and now you have fuel too. Okay. I run a fuel truck in northwestern Georgia. I specialize in diesel fuel for job sites and heavy equipment. It is typical to see slowdowns in my market from November to January. Yep, because it gets cold and there's less construction and agriculture going on. However, this year has been exceptionally slow. My company has unlimited overtime as long as you have DOT time left on your 70-hour clock. For the past five weeks, most of our drivers have been cut back to four days, with some only getting three days of work in a week. I even transitioned from running flatbeds over the road for a few weeks just to get hours. Talking with other companies at the fuel rack, it's not just us. I have a few friends that run fuel for other gas station companies, and they too are seeing a major decrease in hours and loads delivered. So that's an economic indicator for sure. And the economy is freaking weird right now. And it's winter. And people blew their load in December. And so I think January, at least for us doing what we do in e-commerce and talking to all my friends in the e-commerce space, January is always slow in e-commerce because everybody spends all their money, which they shouldn't, but they spend all their money in December and then they have to get their war chest back up in January. By the way, budgeting is a thing budgeting is a skill you should be doing that especially if you have air quote no money right now because if you don't put the reps in while you have no money you won't have the discipline when you do have money and therefore you will never have money you will always have no money because you're uh reactive not proactive and you make emotional purchases so budgeting is a real thing you should absolutely do it in fact in the book that i'm writing I'm going to have an entire chapter on budgeting. Uh, when's the book coming out? I don't know. 2032 at this point, somewhere in that region. The outline is five pages long, and I'm not done with the outline yet. The only thing on the outline is one sentence and then chapters and subchapters. That's it. So it may even end up being a series of books because just the chapter on casualty care could would probably be, will probably be the size of this Bible when I'm done with it. So what's up, Alex Toter? And Alex uh, may help us with the artwork in that book when that comes around. And if you need an awesome illustrator, see Alex Toter. He knows what he's doing. He's Googleable. Look him up. Googleable. Next, with recent Bo with the recent Boeing 737 incident, I would like to update the nation on the state of aviation. The FAA has grounded the 737 fleet and made operators perform inspections on the fuselage areas affected by the recent incident. All operators have found loose bolts. However, some have found missing bolts. And to the gentleman who sends these reports in occasionally and to everybody else who has uh, sent in your reports, thank you so much because I personally love this data, and I know other people in the Bear Nation find it incredibly valuable. But specifically to this gentleman, you are a huge part of the reason I will not fly commercial. It, I just won't do it. I just, I, guys, I got one life, one. And I know, statistically, the most dangerous thing we do is drive. I'm super aware of that. But at least when I'm driving, there's something I can do about it. If something bad happens, I'm not strapped into a chair. 
praying to the creator as we go down in a ball of flame. The last plane that I was on, I had a window seat overlooking the uh, left wing. And the wing was more repairs than it was wing. And it was just, it looked like a, a quilted patchwork of sheet metal and rivets. And we landed at Newark, barely, and the whole wing was flapping like this as we were landing. And I'm just sitting there looking at it going, I'm going to die. This, today's the day. I'm going to die. This is terrible. Uh, and I know a lot of y'all, we need it for work. We need it for vacation. We need it for, bro, bro. Um, we solved that problem with refuge. We leased a nice truck for 1200 bucks a month and we can drive it wherever the hell we want to anywhere in North America. And yes, it takes longer to drive, but the cost is lower and it's nicer. And I don't have to rent a vehicle or get an Uber when I get there and I can stop when we want to. And I can put whatever I want in that truck, unlike going through TSA. Oh, and nobody had to finger my butthole in order for me to get in the truck. So it's got its perks. It's got its perks. So I don't fly. Um, I just, it's not that I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of what I'm flying on. So with the recent Boeing 737 incident, the FAA has grounded the 737 fleet and made operators perform inspections on the fuselage areas affected in the recent incident. All operators have found loose bolts. However, some have found missing bolts. Aviation is an incredibly small community. We all know someone who works for Boeing or operates a 737, and the hearsay stories are way worse than the media is putting out. On the private executive end of aviation, our woes remain. Landing gear struggles are getting worse. Not only can we not get components, things like bearings and bushings have a six to eight week lead time. This becomes worse for operators because there's no way of knowing if they are bad until inspection. Aircraft older than two years old had a 100% chance of corroded gear or migrated bushings. Experience industry-wide is almost non-existent. For example, my day shift crew has 21 people. One manager, two leads, three senior techs. The other 15 have less than 18 months experience. And that is the brief for today. Mikey said, not all the 737s, just the 737-800 and the 737-900 or the max. Uh, maybe, I don't know. This guy who wrote in with Intel, Mikey, has been spot on in the past, and he's in the industry. I don't know if you're in the industry or not, but uh, and if you have conflicting reports, so be it. But this gentleman who sends this data in, I trust him. Um, if you say you have a gun to TSA, you get a free colonoscopy. Well, I'm, I'm good on free colonoscopies. I'm even good on discount colonoscopies. Um, Um, so that's the show for today. Uh, let's talk about value exchange. 
First and foremost, calebhouse.org is going to be down for maintenance immediately following this brief through approximately Sunday. So if you're one of those people that goes to calebhouse.org, bless you. Thank you. We haven't been hacked by the North Koreans. We are intentionally taking the site down for maintenance. We have to do some back-end migration of some pieces and parts in order to make it harder, better, faster, stronger. Will not affect reoccurring donations. It will not affect reoccurring donations, according to my lovely, talented help me. Um, but, so, don't be surprised if you go to calebhouse.org and the site's down. We know it's down. You don't need to email us that it's down. We're aware. It's okay. It's okay. Next, uh, links in the description for all this stuff. Patreon, speaking about strategic relocation and coming out of her, my people, uh, video went up this morning on prioritizing stuff for your move if you're going to strategically relocate. Because let's be honest, we're preppers. We have way too much stuff. A lot of y'all are pack rats, like in any way. So that, in, that video unpacks. <laughs> my wife's over here. <laughs> hey, find me one thing that's not useful, lady. Because I know people that save like a hundred juice jars that don't have anything in them. Oh, is that you? I'm sorry. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so if you had to move, what should you take? What should you leave? That is discussed in that video on Patreon. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I told you red bear facts at refuge medical are back in stock. These things fly off the shelves. They're very hard to keep in stock for the global supply chain reasons addressed earlier. And uh, we are doing everything we can to increase production. Um, but that takes time. And so if you're into American manufacturing, if you're into saving lives, if you need a purpose-built first aid kit, recommend you check this out. This is the Bear Fact, Bear First Aid Kit. And it is designed to work the entirety of the March algorithm I've showed you guys and girls the feature set over and over on this thing. Do you, I am looking at the chat. Do you want me to unpack this thing again or do you got it? Thumbs up, unpack it, thumbs down, I got it. And go. No, Ryan, we're not going to keister stash a pistol. That's the sights. It's just, it's painful. Got it. Don't need to unpack it. Check. You know what's in here. If you're, if you need a first aid kit, go see refugemedical.com. Your promo code is Bear Nation for free shipping on everything in the store. There are also two more training dates up in July. The um, May classes sold out fast, so we put some July classes up. If you want to come to class, you can find the data on that. A handful of thumbs up. I appreciate y'all with the thumbs up who are like, yo, dude, unpack the bear fact. I appreciate that. Uh, maybe we'll save that for another day. It's got everything you need in it and nothing you don't. And it's made in American guaranteed forever. So if, uh, if you're interested in acquiring the best first aid equipment on planet Earth, and that's not me saying that, that's everybody who knows their stuff saying that. Um, yes, baby. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Refugemedical.com. And a very interesting, uh, very interesting thing on Instagram. There's a guy who has a handle called a sad paramedic. And he did a side-by-side -side comparison 
of the Refuge Medical Bleeding Control Kit using North American Rescue Components and the Rhino Rescue Bleeding Control Kit, he paid $52 for ours and he paid $50 for theirs. He did a side-by-side -side comparison and it was great. He was basically as if I didn't know this, like this Rhino stuff is junk, yeah. like absolute trash. The pressure bandage was broken when I took it out of the packaging. The tourniquet is trash. Uh, and then a guy will give credit where credit is due. A guy named SWAT 2.0, who I did a little bit of digging on, knows his stuff, commented on that. Fun fact, Rhino Rescue is a sub-brand of Wuji EMS Run, which is located in, you guessed it, Wuji People's Republic of China. Yup, arming the enemy. And again, $2 disparity in cost between these. American-made product using North American Rescue components and Chinese bullshit. The CE, they have for their products from Rhino Rescue is uh, for their backboard and their BVM but they still stamp everything CE. And there's um, the CE is Certification Europe, but it's also the CE mark for Certification Europe and the CE for China Export are damn near identical because CCP be shady, yo. The US address for Rhino Rescue is fake in the middle of nowhere. In Europe, Asia, and South America, Rhino pays shitty combat medics, air quote combat medics, and air quote tactical instructors money to run their patches and their air quote first aid items and help Rhino and to help Rhino to promote the products to their customers. Here in Taiwan, somehow some retarded medical equipment company imported the Rhino TQ and passed the Taiwanese medical license for the TQ. The specified purpose of the Rhino Rescue TQ on the medical equipment license says that it's to slow bleeding. To slow bleeding, not to stop bleeding, which is what a tourniquet's for, to slow bleeding. Last time I checked, if you apply the TQ correctly, it's supposed to stop the blood flow completely. This just shows how retarded the Taiwanese medical equipment importation law is. And so shout out to SWAT 2.0 for commenting on that post from a sad paramedic on Instagram. It's nice to see Refuge's equipment getting out there and being used by uh, professional end users and having that compare contrast there because I've been preaching this for years and I don't want to oversaturate your ears with what I have to say about Refuge. It's nice to see multiple witnesses out there saying, look, this other stuff that you can buy cheaper, got two bucks cheaper, it's shit and it doesn't work and it's not designed to work. Even their medical use license is to slow bleeding. That's not the point of a tourniquet. The point of a tourniquet is to stop bleeding, not slow bleeding. So uh, let's see. Last thing, bare independent swag. My wife wants me to tell you about bare independent swag, which is why she put my coffee in this coffee cup. You can go to bareindependent.com, t-shirts, uh, stickers, tumblers, flags. flags, the bare nation flag. Um, I don't know what else is there, y'all. We got Hoodies, more stuff coming. Hoodies, long sleeves, t-shirts. Tumblers, mugs. Tumblers, mugs. Stickers. Stickers. Flag. Flag. And um, yeah, and that that's a value exchange in that you get a cool piece of Bear Nation swag, and I get a few bucks to help me build a house. So that's how that works. Because the house that I'm sitting in, praise Yah, has kept us warm and dry-ish. For the last six years uh, but it is not big enough for the baby that will be here in a matter of weeks 
and the cost benefit analysis for repairing this house to where it would be weather tight between the foundation, the exterior and the roof is about a hundred thousand dollars and, and the electrical <laughs> and it's still the same size that it is. And yeah. so we're building a new house and to help offset the cost of building a new house, you can get a bear nation tumbler or whatever. So check that out. Don't band-aids slow bleeding JM. Yeah. Um, they do. I was actually, um, going to get a first aid kit from one of these other air quote first aid kit companies and see how many band-aids it takes to pack a wound with. So that's the show for today. Let's talk to the creator and ask him to bless this day. Cool. We're good on interruptions for a minute. Excellent. Here we go. Father Yah. Thank you for the abhorrent weather outside. Father, thank you for allowing us to wake up again. Thank you for seven new baby chickens and for lambs and for all of the blessings that you give us stewardship over. Father, thank you for our people. Minister to our people today. Those that are having health issues. <clears throat> Father, I pray be it your will that you would steward them through it and that you would deliver miraculous healing in ways that are literally inexplicable and that that would be used as a witness and a testimony to everybody around them who doesn't know you or needs to know you better. <sighs> Father, just be with us. Please just walk with us as we do our best to walk with you. Remember us as your children as we do our best to remember you as our Father. Forgive us for not knowing what to do and for being like babes. Please continue to love us and pour out your blessings on us that we might walk in your ways to the best of our ability. Father, pour out your spirit on all flesh for wisdom and discernment. Give us peace that surpasses all understanding and strength and power and authority in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. And anything that had the audacity to come against us that's not of you, Father, we come in agreement and rebuke it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. Father, help us be your hands and feet. Help us teach the world about you. Help us to operate righteousness to the best of our ability to let our love so forth shine before men. Thank you for all of your myriad provisions and protections and blessings. And Father, I ask you to smile upon these people today and bless them to meet their every need. And ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. And that's the show for today. That's what I got, guys. Do you have a reflective sticker that would fit on a hard hat? I don't yet. Let me talk to my product development specialist. Yo, babe, make a reflective sticker for a hard I think hat. You have like a holographic one. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, baby. All right, y'all. Don't get eaten by the abominable snowman. And uh, Bible video will be up later today. Sunday, I have a interview coming out with Dr. Sean Rowland of Jace Medical. And it is not your typical bear's going to shill for Jace Medical video. I think I asked that guy some really good questions. 
Um, Because I don't think anybody here needs to know more about Jace Medical. You know what it is. You know where to go. Yes, you can use promo code BEAR. Who cares? Uh, I want to know more about the man and the company. And so those are the questions that I asked him. And I thought it was really good. His eyes got really wide at one point. Uh, So check that video out. It drops Sunday. And more importantly than that, watch the Daniel video. Watch any of the Bible videos. Not because I need your justification or validation because i want you to strengthen your relationship with the creator i have a brother that when we give bibles to people a new copy of the scriptures comes wrapped in plastic and by the way if you don't have a bible you don't have a copy of the scriptures go to grindstoneministries.com just request one when you email us saying I need a Bible, please include your address as to where to send it. Because a lot of people email and say, hey, send me a Bible. And that's it. Okay, well, to what? Your email? You want a PDF copy? No, we need a physical address to send you a Bible. Yeah. But I also don't need backstory as to why you can't afford a Bible right now. I don't need to know. I don't care why you can't. I just want to get you the word. Okay? But when you get one, they come new, shrink-wrapped in plastic. And I, I have a brother who when he hands these out to people, what he tells them is make sure the plastic comes off of that. And so that's my word to you today. Make sure the plastic comes off of that. Make sure your Bible's not collecting dust. If you know where your EDC handgun is, but you don't know where your Bible isn't, your priorities are wrong. If you can't remember the last time you opened your Bible, you need to get your priorities straight. I hope you all have a blessed day and I will see y'all when I see y'all. Shalom. Thank you.